Okay, today we're concluding our series on the seven deadly sins, all right? And uh, we've talked about lust, and we've talked about greed and those sorts of things. Today we're talking about wrath, which sort of translates into anger, and so we're going to kind of talk about anger. I thought I would give you some statistics on this because it's kind of important. Um, men lose their tempers six times a week on average. Uh, the average woman loses her temper three times a week. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. Women get more angry at people, men more angry at things like um, flat tires and cars that are driving in the left with stupid drivers. Um, more physical anger than women, and anger is most frequent and intense those we love, interestingly enough. Heard a story about a, a guy, and um, he had an idea, and it wasn't a good idea, but he accused his wife of being moody, and so he bought her a mood ring. Y'all remember those? Uh, if you're old enough, you remember, and they're supposed to change color with your mood, and so he sort of insisted that she wear this mood ring. Uh, just a heads up, guys, that was a stupid idea, but he did it. And so this is what she writes about her experience with the mood ring. We've discovered that when I'm in a good mood, it turns green. And when I'm in a bad mood, it leaves a big red mark on his forehead. <laughs> Maybe next time he buys me a ring, it'll be a diamond. That's kind of what she says. All right, so um, there, there's this idea out there. There's a guy named uh, Les Carter. He's a, a psychologist, and he writes in a book called Good and Angry. Th listen to this quote. Because of the sophistication of our language, people are able today to use all kinds of words to describe anger so that it doesn't sound like anger. People aren't afraid to say that they're annoyed or bored or depressed or frustrated. They'll say anything to avoid saying that they're angry. Now, Truth of the matter is, man, that really flipped through. Truth of the matter is, anger is very normal. Jesus, it says, uh, got angry. In fact, in the Old Testament, it speaks of God's anger 375 times. And psychologists talk about today that this, we might be living in the most angry world ever. It's the age of rage. And we get ticked off about everything. Everybody is offended by something. Everybody is angry about something. Um, it's as if we don't know what to do with ourselves and how to control ourselves. And so if someone says something we don't like, if somebody does something we don't approve of, then we have this tendency to sort of gravitate toward being angry. And this age of rage really isn't good for us. Now, th there are texts around this in Scripture. The Bible tells us, in your anger, don't sin. So anger isn't a sin, particularly. You, you can be angry. Obviously, Jesus was angry and he didn't sin. God is said to be angry. He doesn't sin when he gets angry. So the big idea for the day is this. Good grief, this is so sensitive. Um, there's a right way to handle our anger. And we're going to talk about how to do that. How do we handle our anger the right way? Now, let's talk about sort of these um, four common ways people express their anger. You're going to recognize these. It's likely that you fit into one of these categories. These are pretty common, pretty basic. One is the time bomb. This is the person that when they get angry, they just explode right away. They don't, they don't, it doesn't fester. They get, this is the Hulk right here, the Incredible Hulk, all right? And we see examples. Cain became furious. 
scowled in anger, and while uh, he and his brother were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. Now, he got angry and he acted on his anger immediately. This is the time bomb. Um, oftentimes, when people do this, they're embarrassed after the fact, they're uh, ashamed, they apologize, they, they kind of blow their cool, lose their cool, and then, and then they're, kind of, they're kind of upset with themselves for doing that. The time bomb, that's one. Uh, another is the stuffer. These are the pe- this is the crockpot version of anger. We kind of just stuff it, it simmers. In Jeremiah, uh, the Jeremiah was a, a prophet, and he said, I, I, I stayed by myself, was filled with anger. And then he kind of just ruminates on it, right? Uh, why do I keep on suffering? Why are my wounds incurable? Why won't they heal? Why isn't God answering my prayer? Uh, that's the notion behind this. Uh, by the way, uh, when I uh, there's a guy named uh, F.I. McMillan. He, write, he wrote a book called None of These uh, Diseases. And he writes this, When I swallow my anger, my body keeps score. McMillan has identified 51, 51 different ailments and illnesses that occur when we stuff our anger. Not good. A third one is the martyr. These are the, you know... <laughs> The poor pitiful me kind of people. Uh, this is the, um, the king and the queen of the pity party. And, and they're kind of self-punishing. And if something bad happens, they get mad. But they're kind of mad that maybe they caused it and that kind of thing. And we see it in the older son in Luke, uh, uh, Luke 15, the, the prodigal son story. The elder brother was so angry he wouldn't go into the party. And his dad has to come out and try to coax him in. Um, a lot of times this sort of anger leads to depression. Uh, lots of depression. Uh, Dr. Paul Meyer, again a psychologist, uh, says that about 95% of depression is due to some sort of anger. We, we just don't know how to express it. It sort of binds us up. And then the last one is the avenger. These are the people that don't, uh, they, they get even. What's that expression? They don't get mad, they get even. And they sort of think through, how can I get back at somebody? I read a story about a guy, uh, his name was Carl Erickson. He lives in South Dakota. When he was in high school, uh, one of his classmates put a jock strap on his head and embarrassed him, which is embarrassing. 54 years later, he goes to the front door of this guy's house. 54 years later, he goes to the front door of this guy's house, rings the doorbell, the guy comes to the door, he shoots him dead. Um, that was a long, drawn-out plan, dude. I mean, 54 years. Uh, most of the time, we don't take that long. Mo- many, many movie plots, many, many shows on television deal with with this, this notion that I'm going to figure out a way to get you back for something you've done to me. It's the, the Avenger. We, we even have a character called the Avenger. It, it reminds me of a, uh, a lady who, she was bitten by a rabid dog and she waited too late and she goes to the doctor and her recovery doesn't seem likely. I mean, she's really in bad shape and the doctor breaks the bad news to her and he says, I mean, really, you need to get your affairs in order. And so she quickly takes a piece of paper and she starts writing. And she's writing and writing and writing. And it, it like takes forever. And the doctor says, that's a pretty extensive will you're writing there. She said, that's not a will. I'm making a list of people I want to bite. That, that's the kind of people. I'm sorry, but that's funnier than what you gave me on that. That's really a good one. Just weren't paying attention, I think. Um, In Luke 6, it says, they were furious. This is the, the Pharisees. It's interesting to me. These were very religious people who uh, 
spent a lot of their time figuring out how they could get rid of Jesus. It even says in some texts that they uh, calculated how they might kill him here. They were furious and began to plot with each other what they might do to Jesus. And we know how that ended. Uh, He ended up on a cross because there were people who came up with a plan to eliminate him. Now, the the truth of the matter is every one of us gets angry. Uh, If I were to take a poll, uh, we would... We would all qualify as people who get angry. Uh, Some people get angry at different things than you do, but we all sort of have a tendency to do this. Some of us are worse than others. Now, let's ask the question, why? What causes my anger? i got to tell you something. This particular sermon has really helped me process some things in my own life because I know that when I have a tendency to get anger, uh, angry, it falls under some of the, one of these three categories. I, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Maybe, all right, let me ask you this. How many of you uh, have ever been like hammering a nail and you hit your thumb with the hammer? Does that make you mad? Do you say things? I'm a preacher, so I pray. But I mean, do you all? Yeah, okay. So you, you understand. You understand what it feels like, right? Um, it, it could be an emotional hurt. Somebody hurts your feelings and you get angry. It, it could be a relationship conflict. L- listen to this statistic. This is amazing to me. In a study of people who have been divorced for 10 years or more, one in three, it says, still have intense feelings of anger. One in three, 10 years after the divorce, still have intense feelings feelings of anger. Well, the the deeper the hurt, the the stronger the feeling. These people are just they're 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 bound up because they were hurt in a certain way. Um, the second thing is frustration. How many of us get mad when we're frustrated? It's not going our way. We don't get the raise, we don't get the job promotion, we don't get the job. Um we're in the checkout line. How many, how many have, ever, have you ever gotten angry? I'm gonna, how many of you ever gotten angry? You were in the 15 item or less line, and you counted, and they have 18 items. Anybody? Three people and a bunch of liars. Okay, all right. Um, you know that makes you mad. It's like, can you not count? Did you go to USC? I mean, that's kind of what you're thinking, right? I don't say it. I don't say it. I'm just saying, you might say it. Uh, uh, you, you get all b- uh, bent out of shape over f- being frustrated. Something happens that you just don't, you, you have no control over, and, and you get frustrated about it. Um, what about fear? Fear. We really sometimes get angry when we're afraid. Uh, your, your, your son or your daughter is late coming home at night. They, they've planned on being home by 11 or 11.30 or whatever time you set as a curfew. And they're not there at, at the time established. And you get mad. And I don't know that you're mad so much. You're not mad because the car's not home. You're mad because you're afraid they might be hurt. You, you have this fear in your life. Maybe it's a fear of uh, you're paying your bills and you get madder and madder because you get, your account goes, gets smaller and smaller and you're afraid you don't have enough money to pay your bills. And that kind of thing can make you angry. Or maybe um, 
you resent your boss because you think your boss doesn't know what he or she is doing and, and you're afraid that's going to trickle down to you and perhaps because of their ineptitude, you're going to lose your job and that causes you to be mad because you're afraid of, your, of losing your employment and your income. You see, when you're angry, a, a lot of times the best thing to do is, is just to assess, okay, why am I mad about this? Is it because I'm hurt? Because that it makes sense. Is it because I'm frustrated? Is it because I'm afraid? Is it a combination? Is it all three? Uh, you know, if it's all three, that's really bad because then it just really, really, really churns and churns and churns. And anger is sort of like a warning light that something's going on in your spirit that's causing you to be angry. Uh, I have a... An automobile, it's a Chevy Cruze. Uh, the Chevy Cruze has a little light on the dash that when uh, we get down to two gallons of gas, the little little gasoline pump light comes on. Y'all got those in your cars? And when that little gasoline light comes on, I know I've got roughly 50 or 60 miles left before I have to get gas. Now, I'm annoyed by that light. Every time that light comes on, I'm annoyed. Uh, it, it drives me insane. Because it means I'm going to have to stop my busy life, pull into a station, uh, put some money, uh, you know, like uh, use my card or go give somebody some money to fill my tank back up. So I was wondering, uh, maybe what I'll do is um, I'll go to the Chevy dealer and I'll ask them to disassemble or, or disconnect that light. Because I don't like that light. Now, it's a pretty... Stupid plan, right? Because the light helps me know that I need to do something about my situation. Anger sort of rises up in us. And, and it's an indicator that I, I need to take care of something in my life. It could be because of a hurt. It could be because of a frustration. It could be because of fear. And it may be something else. These are the kind of the three, the three biggest ones, the ones that are sort of most common. So now, there's a guy named Paul who wrote a lot of the New Testament, and he writes this book called Ephesians. And in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, he sort of deals with what to do when you're angry. So, again, let, let's hit the pause button just for a second. I get mad, I need to assess why. Why am I mad? Is it hurt, frustration, fear? And once I do that, now I can tackle the problem. Uh, some psychologists call um, anger sort of a, a secondary emotion. Something's causing it, and then it results in, in anger. So how do I deal with the root of the problem? All right. I think I have three things here, three things. Number one, Paul says, don't let anger linger. It's a great verse. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Um, th this, is, <laughs> this is so simple and amazingly powerful. I, I love that the Bible does that. Um, it, it gives us these amazingly simple, uh, non-complex pieces of advice that help us in life. Because I know this is, I don't know, maybe it doesn't work this way for you. When I go to bed mad, and when I think about it when I get up, and I'm taking my shower in the morning, I'm thinking about the same thing, 
man, I can, I can work myself up. I can work myself up. Let, let me give you an example. It's almost football season again. I know this is exciting for you. Um, let's assume you're a Clemson fan. I, I'll go with Clemson today. Um, you're, you're invested in that team, or you just pick your team. It doesn't matter whatever your team is. It could be the Panthers or, or the Gamecocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, you're invested, right? For me, it would be the Wildcats. I, it, as bad as they are in football, I still watch them. Um, uh, you watch the game. It's, it's nip and tuck. It's close. It's exciting. You're enjoying it. It's down to the you know, last minute or two. And, and there's a really, 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 really bad call. Because referees stink. And uh, you know it, I know it. We should get mad at them. Uh, and, and they make a really bad call. And then on, on the television broadcast of it, they show it over and over. The guy was clearly in bounds and then he called him out. Or he was clearly out of bounds and he called him in. Whatever. And that cost your team the game. And, and that just upsets you. And then, then you, you watch SportsCenter. Because that's American. And uh, you're watching SportsCenter, and they're showing it, and they're commentating on it. Look at this horrible call. And that just, you're just seething mad. So you get in your car because you have to have some comfort food. Because God wants that. And uh, you get in your car, and usually it's ice cream, because that really is God's design for your life. And you go to get some ice cream. And you turn on the radio, and it's sports radio. And guess what they're talking about? How, How your team got hosed on that call, right? And, and when, we, uh, when we continuously think about this thing that's making us angry, when we let it fester, when, when, we, link, when we let it linger, man, it, it will eat you up inside. You've you got to kind of release it. Uh, don't give the devil a foothold. Um, because when you continue to fester about the things that make you angry, it just makes you an angry person. Not just about that, it could be, it sort of translates into other stuff. I'm mad about this football game, but man, I'm just going to be mad about everything now. And I get mad that I, uh, it's too hot, or it's too cold, or it's too wet, or it's too dry, or it's too windy, or it's too, whatever it is. And now, it's not just I'm, I'm mad about this, I'm just mad. I'm just mad about everything. It becomes a settled disposition in your life. And the one thing you don't want as a settled disposition in your life is anger. Because here's the thing, nobody really wants to be around an angry person. There's a guy named Richard Walters, he's a psychiatrist in Grand Rapids, and listen to what he writes, this is just powerful. People will be murdered today because of someone's anger. Others will die from physical ailments resulting from the aggravation of their angry feelings. Um... Many people die in auto accidents because of road rage, which, by the way, is, a, is an amazing phenomena. And I don't know if you've ever experienced road rage from someone else or from yourself. I don't, maybe it's a man thing. I don't know. Women, do you ever get road rage? We're, we're mad at you, mostly. Okay. Uh, no, really, it's, oh, it's usually men on men. I mean, it's a man-man thing because it's a pride issue. Somebody cuts us off. Somebody does something. Look. Have you ever made a mistake driving? Sure you have. When you make a mistake driving, the thing that you want is grace. You want grace. When somebody impedes your progress when you're driving, what you want is God to strike them dead with a bolt of lightning. It it is 
We want grace for ourselves. We just don't particularly like to give it to other people. It's kind of how it works. And, and, and it just festers. And people get hurt. Look at these couple verses here. An angry person does foolish things. Look at this one. A hot-tempered man commits many sins. You've heard of Alexander the Great. This incredible leader, warrior. Uh, by the way, how cool would it be to have the name The Great? You go to Texas Roadhouse, you sign up. I'm Joe the Great. I mean, you know, I think you get bumped to the top, right? Okay, so Alexander the Great, this, this amazing leader. I mean, he's an amazing guy. But he had this fierce temper. And, and he didn't like to be ridiculed. And he had a, now this is super cool. His best friend's name was Cletus. You Southerners should love that. I mean, Cletus. So what a great, great name. Well, one day Cletus is having, a, he, he's, uh, he's hitting the, the sauce a little hard, you know, and he, he got some loose, he got, his tongue got loose and he starts talking and he starts ridiculing Alexander the Great and talking about how inept he is and that kind of thing. And it went on and on and Alexander had had enough and he took his spear and he was going to kind of just warn him with it. So he kind of threw it at, at Cletus's direction, hoping to scare him and to shut him up and he killed him. And we do foolish things when we get mad. Now, Alexander the Great tried to commit suicide after this because it, it crushed him. He acted impulsively based upon anger. And he made a foolish choice. And he committed a sin. Because when we're angry and we act impulsively, this is what we do. And so, Scripture is so wise to say, don't allow this to linger. A man's wisdom gives him patience. You, 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 you're confronted or something happens and, and, and you let it linger. Don't let it linger. Number two, this is just as important. Think before you speak. Look at what Paul says. Do not let any unwholesome talk Come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Uh, now this is for Christ followers. When you're a follower of Jesus, this is what you're supposed to do. Um, how many of us have ever experienced the, the, this phenomena of where our mouth runs faster than our, our minds? And we say it before we think about it. And we're not supposed to say it before we think about it. Look at what it says in Scripture. Sensible people always think before they act. Intelligent people think before they speak. When you don't think before you speak, it is an act of ignorance, stupidity, foolishness. It's simply not God's design for your life. Thomas Jefferson is the one who said, uh, when angry, count to ten before you speak. If very angry, count to one hundred. He should know. He's on the nickel. Uh, he knows stuff. Now, my, my, my favorite was, was this one. I, I like this one. Uh, when you get angry, take a deep breath and count to ten. Throw a punch at eight. Nobody expects that. I, I like that one. I like that one. But that's not the Bible. Uh, so that's not, that's not good. When you get angry, you ask this question, why? 
What is it that's making me angry? Is it fear? Is it hurt? Is it frustration? What, what is the source of my anger? And, and then you ask yourself, okay, what do I want to, the end result to be of this encounter? I, I'm about to have an encounter with someone. Where do I want it to lead? What, what, do, what outcome do I want? And here's the problem sometimes. Sometimes we just want to vent. I want you to know I'm mad. Uh, I, I just want to get, I want to say my piece. Venting and letting somebody you know you're mad and speaking your piece, those aren't particularly things God tells us to do. In fact, he, he says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. For me to just, to just brutalize somebody verbally to make myself feel better, I can't imagine that's God's will for my life. So I have to ask the question, what do I really want? And then how can I get there? Maybe confrontation isn't the best way to get there, but if you're mad and, and if you have a problem, then Jesus said, go to that person directly. Speak to them one-on-one. There's so much brilliance in that, I can't even imagine, I can't even begin to tell you. Today with uh, social media, oh good grief, it it is so easy to get into confrontations and you you misunderstand what somebody means. I've done that about a million times. I got a text uh, one time and, and the person said something and I'm like, well, forget you man, forget you. I did the, oh no he didn't, you know, I kind of got that attitude going. You know, I, I was just, I was upset. Well, so then I, I, I go to this person and, and I said, what did you mean by that? And they were like, oh, I mean, there were like three ways to read that, whatever they said. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was just, I was ticked off over nothing. You know, it was like, no, they didn't mean what I thought it meant. For Jesus to say, hey, go to that person and have a conversation. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to agree. But, but at least, at least, at least. We, we get awfully brave when we're behind a keyboard. I mean, you can get brave, you know. I hate this job, and you're the worst manager. And I think you were born under a rock, you know, whatever, whatever. Here's what I advise. Type it. Type it. Get it all out, and then hit delete. Send is a bad choice at that point. Send, never send. Sometimes you have to have a confidant where you can say, this is what I'm thinking, and they can go, okay, calm down, calm down. It's okay to have somebody to, to, to vent to. But Jesus said, if you've got a problem, go to them directly, and there's a reason for that, because face-to-face, it's different. Because now it's not, it's not a thought that you're addressing, it's a person with a spirit and a soul, and it's somebody that God loves and you can be reminded of that when you look at them. What, what do I want to occur and how do I best get there? How do I best get to that place? Um, look at Proverbs 15. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Some people will say, well, I just can't control it. I just can't control it. I just can't control it. Yeah, well, you really can, honestly. Um, all right, let me give you a scenario. Let's play this out. You're in the mini coming to church, the minivan, and you're having a debate, 
and one of you says, Pastor Joseph is amazing. This is how I think it goes. Um, he's the best I've ever heard. And then, like, the other person says, he's no Joel Osteen. And now, you're, now you're fighting, right? Uh, you know, he doesn't have Osteen's teeth, but he's better. You know, that kind of thing. You're, you're clashing about it. Now, you're kind of, ha- it's, you're, you're just, it's just sort of uh, kind of World War III in your, in your minivan until you pull into the parking lot. And then you see somebody. What happens? Hey, Jim Bob, how you doing, right? How you doing there, Jim Bob? Um, here, the truth of the matter is this. This is my next slide. Anger is a choice. It's a choice. I choose. I can turn it off. <laughs> I can turn it on. I choose. I choose. Look at what it says in Proverbs. A wise man holds his temper and cools it. You didn't even know that was in the Bible. Cools it is in the Bible. You hold your temper. You cool it. It, it, it. This is wisdom. So you don't let it linger. You think before you speak. And maybe the most important thing is you remember whose you are. The Bible tells us, again, this is Paul says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. This might be grieving the Holy Spirit if you act a fool, do the wrong thing. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, when we humble ourselves before God, then our mission in this world is to honor God with our lives and with our words. And getting angry rarely does that. Now, Jesus got angry. He needed to uh, clear the temple. Uh, he got angry about that. I mean, that was, it was a righteous indignation. Sometimes that can happen. But you have to understand, that was Jesus, and, and, and we have to learn to control ourselves. And really, the Holy Spirit is designed, His goal for am, and ambition for us is to become like Jesus. And so that we'll know. So you don't let it linger. Uh, you, 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 know, you, um, you make certain that it's not festering in your spirit. Uh, you you uh, think before you speak. You, you make sure that uh, no unwholesome words come out of your mouth. And then you remember who you are and whose you are. Um, so there are some common ideas around what you do. Suppress it. Uh, some people say express it. Remember that song, Shout, by Tears for Fears? Shout, shout. Everybody, let it all out. Yeah, that's wrong. Okay, uh, that's wrong. But it's good. I mean, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, Cliff would have liked that, wouldn't he? Uh, he uh, Cliff has been all over there. Okay, uh, let's, let's end with this text. Let's end with this text. All the time, we are being changed to look like Jesus, with more and more of his shining greatness. This change is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We, we ask God to help us in our anger. God, what's causing this? What can I do about it? Can I do anything about it? Do I just need to lay it at your feet? These are my options, and I take them. Um, we, we try to, what would Jesus do in this situation? How, to, how would he respond? Am I going to say something I'm going to regret later? Maybe I should just keep my mouth shut for right now. Maybe I just need to count, count to 100, count to 1,000, whatever you need to do. But calm yourself and don't let it fester. Sometimes you're mad about something and you just have to lay it at God's hands because you can't fix it anyway. And you just say, God, I can't fix this anyway. I'm going to just lay it in your lap 
at your feet, and I'm going to trust that you're going to be able to do what I can't do. God's design for us, as it says here, is to change us to become as much like Jesus as possible. And an angry spirit doesn't look like Jesus. Now, he, he, did, he did confront. Sometimes we confront sin. But we always speak the truth. Paul says this too. When we speak the truth, we speak the truth in love. Jesus confronted because he loved people, not because he was mad at people. That's the difference. That's the key. Father, we thank you for our time. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this teaching. And I ask God that we might apply it to our lives. We are about to take up our offering. And we thank you for that opportunity. And we ask God that you would bless that. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.